Okay, today's Musar lesson is going to be on honor. Honor. Honor is a soul trait that focuses on how we treat others, not on how we want to be treated. Even though many of us like honor, this is about bestowing honor on other people. Humility and honor are both related to how we deal with people. Rabbi Hillel says this, If I'm not for myself, who will be for me? We know this quote. And if not only for myself, what am I? The first question is about humility and the second is about honor. So the idea is this. Honor is all about giving other people their due respect and due treatment. To respect them and to consider them. Honor is the ability to recognize the divine sparks in others and to treat them accordingly as humans. We all have strong propensity to judge, every one of us in this room, and I'll explain to you why. We can't help it. We see someone, and boom, there it is. Automatically, we have an assessment. This is what they are. This is how they feel. And ladies, you guys have this supernatural sixth sense that you can read somebody up and down. Am I not right? Help me, ladies. You know that. You know it's true. You're too humble to admit it. But I'm bestowing honor upon you. I'm not getting ready to criticize you. However, with a great gift comes a great burden. Right? I'm just being straight up. Now, we immediately have thoughts about the person's looks, intelligence, clothes, sense of humor, whatever. You just take a look at them, you go, uh, right? You just get that feeling. And you assess them and put them in categories in milliseconds. You know exactly the way they are. And I would say that most of the time, our intuitive nature is probably right. Correct? Okay. But I'm not saying just because it's right, it's, it's a good thing to dishonor a person. Finding fault in others can be a way uh, to feel better about yourself. Looking at others and going, eh, you know what, compared to them, I'm not too bad. It's a self-affirming thing. Finding fault in others uh, is, is, can be a very negative thing because we are told to, to judge favorably. Now, there is a defense of judgment because I, I don't want you to think that judgment is an all bad thing. You go, what? Hold on a second. What do you mean? Judgment is a good thing too? Well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Blessed One, gave us this a great ability, this mechanism called discernment. That we're able to discern something. Now, this is a built-in ability that helps one stay safe and stay guarded and well-grounded. For example... If you learn discernment of an individual, you're not going to put yourself in danger. I remember reading just some months ago about uh, a, two young college girls who decided to make a, a foray into the Middle East to prove how nice the Taliban is and how nice ISIS is, and that they ended up being murdered by them. Right? Now, is that good judgment? No, it's crazy judgment. Were they trying to judge favorably? Yes. So there is a balance between judging favorably and, and judgment. And, and we're going to talk about this. Now, however, it is important for us to guard ourselves. It is important for us to discern danger and also to judge favorably. 
at the same time or to make judgment. Unfortunately, many of us have the hunger to be honored more than we want to honor. We crave recognition. All of us in this room want to add a boy. There's nothing wrong with wanting a praise. Nothing in the world feels better than having somebody say, very good job, I really appreciate what you do for us, etc. The secret to honor is what? Not to seek it. There is an honor imbalance in a lot of people. Hopefully nobody in this room has an honor imbalance. Remember, bestowing honor on others is the ultimate honor to Hashem. Remember, I'm going to say it again, that bestowing honor on others is like bestowing honor on the Creator. Man was created in God's image. To honor another person is to honor Hashem. Very simple. That means the lowliest of God's creation. The lowliest of individual. Whether he's someone that is... um, uh, seems to be poor and not without a whole lot of assets and maybe not very smart, whatever it may be, they need honor. I remember after Harvey and our, our garbage collectors were working every day of the week. It was, it was terrible to watch the work. And there was piles and piles of debris. And one day I came out and I, I brought them water, water and I said, Hey, guys, I want to let you guys... I said, I need to talk to you a second. I could see their face. It was like, oh, boy. What is he going to tell us, right? And I said, hey, man, I really appreciate this. I said, some of you guys probably were had just as much damage in your home. They said, yeah, some of us couldn't come to work for several days. And now we've been busting our backs and we're, we're trying our best. But all we've heard is complaints, right? And so everybody was complaining about the guys working the hardest to do... The, and they themselves were flooded out. And so we have to remember that honoring people is honoring the Creator. If you want to spend time telling Hashem how much you love and appreciate Him, honor someone. Because to be honest with you, telling Hashem how much you honor His holy name means nothing if you've never given a praise to another human being. If you've never taken time to tell someone in the grocery store how much you appreciate their hard work. There is a spectrum that I always like to bring out between... Uh, what I call the spectrum of honor. But let me first quote Pierre Cavote 4.1. It says this, The goal uh, uh, of the soul trait is to internalize this teaching from the Talmud. Who has honor? One who honors others. Very simple. So what is the spectrum of honor? On one side you have rudeness, right? We don't want to be rude. On the other side is flattery. What's worse than rudeness? It's flattery. Why is flattery? bad what undeserved what insincere puffs people up and at the same time if you're truly a, a, a humble person and you're really working hard to uh, be introspective somebody that tries to flatter you, you can see you can see through it right it's like really don't don't waste your time so that spectrum once again is rudeness honor mm-hmm. is the balance and flattery is at the other end in the Jewish view the starting point is that all people are deserving of kavod. What is kavod? Leslie? Respect. R-E-S-P-E-T. Yes. Right. So, so respect is not flattery, because flattery is not weightful. Respect is you give honor to whom honor is due. At the same time, what if honor is not due someone, can I still 
be honorable toward them and treat them with respect. Absolutely. I, I, I always think about this in raising children, and most of you have all your children already raised and gone. But one of the default things that I've seen in most dysfunctional families is parents who lack the ability to show their children honor when they're young. Right. So they're still treating them at 14 like they're eight. They talk to them like they're eight year old disobedient children. Now, most parents would say, well, if they didn't act that way, I wouldn't treat that way. And I say, if you want them to act that way, you must treat them that way. And and it's not just me that says that, but some of the greatest psychologists in the world will tell you, child psychologists tell you, that children grow better in an, an affirmative environment in which the parents honor them and show them respect. Meaning, you honor them by your tone of voice. You, can you believe that? Some people don't know how to talk to children. I have literally seen in, in environments where friends of mine would walk up and I would be talking to their teenage son, and their son is first in the conversation with me, and then their the father comes by, and the father starts talking, and the son says something, and the father says, you need to shut up and step away. You don't, no, nobody's interested in hearing from you. And I've seen their face just drop, right? It's horrible, right? And I've seen it over and over. And, and I, I'm not saying the person was a bad parent, but, dude, not, if you're going to do that, not in front of me, at least. But the point is, honor is an important element to another person's development and growth. It says that we are all created in in God's image uh, in Genesis 1:26. When we honor people, we are honoring the divine through the image in which the people are made. Pierre Cavot 3:14 says this beloved is man humankind who was created in God's image. It's not just Jewish people that are creating God's image. It's all people, all races, all ethnicities, all cultures, all created in the image of God. Rabbi Eliezer is a story told by him, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It's fairly familiar. He was riding along in his donkey one day when uh, a rather besheveled guy greeted him and said, Shalom, Rabbi, how are you doing? And his response was, empty one. Are all you people in your town that ugly? The man shot back. I, I don't know, but you should ask the craftsman who made me and tell him how ugly is the vessel that he made. This is found in Babylonian Talmud, Ta'anit 20a through b. That retort made Rabbi Eliezer realize how disrespectful he had been, and he begged for forgiveness. Of course, the man whom Rabbi Eliezer insulted was a stranger to him, and that adds additional level of offense to this behavior. Why? Because to offend a stranger is even worse. You would think, well, I thought offending a friend would be worse. No, you can patch things up with a friend pretty quick because they know you. A stranger, it's horrible. It says that we are commanded to love the stranger in Leviticus 19.34. The verse states, the stranger who sojourns with you shall be as a native, shall be treated just like your neighbor among you and you shall love him as yourself for you were strangers in the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God God established and says I'm God this is why you do this because I'm your God if you want to claim somebody else is your God then you can be wicked you can be egotistical you can uh, cut people down you can destroy people but I am going to hold you accountable 
What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? How they treated strangers. I had a, a Christian pastor friend of mine tell me that this big revelation he had about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says it wasn't about homosexuality. It was about the way they treat strangers. Like, well, we've known that for a long time. Right? Hospitality. Absolutely. In Exodus uh, 22, uh, 20 through 21, it says, Here, too, the same reason is given to explain why this is such an important behavior and rule. It says this, For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So God says, This is why I want you to treat others with respect and honor, because one day you were there without respect and honor. The commandment is very careful about how we treat strangers. It's actually mentioned 36 times in the Torah. It's very important which is more than any other commandment. Some Talmudic sages find it mentioned 46 places, found in uh, Baba Mitzrayah uh, 59b. In fact, so important, it's the treatment of the stranger that is not the focus of... Uh, I'm sorry. If so, in fact, it, it, it's so important is the treatment of the stranger that it is not the focus of one mitzvah, but four of the 613 commandments. Love the stranger... Not wrong a stranger in speech, not to wrong a stranger in buying and selling, and not to prevent or pervert the judgment of a stranger. In every aspect, you should avoid that. The language of the Torah enjoins us against ill treatment of the stranger and oppressed. The sages wondered about the difference between those two forms of mistreatment and concluded the op- oppression referred to as taking advantage of a stranger or robbery exchange, and i.e., the, the, the sin that was taking place in Sodom and Gomorrah. Someone would ask, well, Rod, what about this whole idea of, of immigration? How do we deal with immigration in our land? Have you th- heard, thought about that? And how do we treat people? It's very important that we treat people that come over here, legal or illegally, especially illegally, because they didn't come through the legal means, to be treated humanely. It's very important. Uh, now, we can debate in political circles as to whether they are being treated humanely by having family separation. I have a heartburn with that, but I understand the reason why politicians decided to do that a number of years ago. But I don't think that family separation is a very humane way of dealing with it. However, that is what what drives us and our core principles is the Torah, not our politics. It's not what Democrats or Republicans are doing is what God says is good or bad. And that's when people, a lot of times when people want to say, are you, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? I'll say, no, I'm religious. And there's a big difference because I'm liberal when it comes to things that God wants me to be liberal in, and I'm very conservative on the things that God says that I should be conservative in. God drives my agenda, not politics. And that's why when something is wrong, when something is unjust, we have to say it, and we have to speak it loudly. Uh, history has made the Jewish people, the absolute example of the stranger. They've been treated horribly throughout the centuries, whether they were in Egypt, whether they were in Rome, whether they were in, in Eastern Europe, Europe, even in the United States in the early years. Thank God it's been good for the Jewish people here. But slowly but surely, we're seeing that sort of shift take place. It's a little scary to hear politicians unabashedly, unapologetically say very anti-Semitic things. There was a, a guy that's running for getting ready to announce to run for president who said that our vice president was like a Pharisee. Now, he was using it in the typical 
Christian version to say hypocritical, uh, arrogant, you go through the whole list. But as Jewish people, as people are righteous of the nations, we realize that is the most dishonorable statement, not only to a sitting vice president, but to the Jewish people. The Jewish people have endured years and years of evil speech brought on by people of the nations who did not care to honor them at all. It is unbelievable that we're still living in a society where notes get passed around that says that uh, Orthodox Jews are rapists and murderers. You can see signs posted up with that on the East Coast. I was blown away by signs posted up on telephone posts talking about uh, Orthodox Jews are thieves, rapists, and, and etc. It's unbelievable. So we are the archetype, the, the, the righteous of the nation. The Jewish people become an example of being the stranger. How much of a stranger did you feel when you left your comfort zone of your other religion? Did we not feel like strangers in a strange land? How about the first time that you tried to be around Jewish community? How strange did you feel with that? Very. Very? Right, yeah. Like a wart on a beauty queen, right? That's a good one. That's a good one. You can write that down. in it. Thank you. Thank you. Very good point. So we actually, now that we're here, we feel more of a stranger from where we came from. Wow, what a dichotomy. Here we're talking about the Jewish people being the archetype. Then I realize those are the nations who have left have become strangers. But do you not realize, and I think we all do, that that is part of being Ivrit, is being people who are passed over. We went over to the other side. That's, that's what made Avraham so unique. He left. He became a stranger to his, his, he became a stranger in a strange land, and he also became a stranger to his own people. And here today, we're talking about right before Pesach, about leaving Egypt. And those of us who have understood what it's like to be a stranger now understands why it's so important for us to treat other people with respect. I'll use this as an antidote toward at the end. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how to say this because I don't, I'm not, it just is so difficult to say it, but you've got to hear this. Uh, there was a, a couple that I know that's on their journey. Uh, they are B'nai Noach, and they had a friend of theirs' family who are who just was B'nai Noach and converted to Orthodox Judaism. And they happened to meet them when they were in Jerusalem, just saw them on the street. And when they saw them on the street, the couple refused to embraced them and talked to them. They were very cold and indifferent and like they didn't want to have anything to do with them. And he said he had heard that they were that way toward their own family, but thought, not them, not them. But then when they got to Israel, that's how they were treated by an orth- a converted Orthodox family. And I, it made me almost want to weep inside because here is a, a tender Orthodox, a tender family that's on their journey and how damaging that could be to their view of religious people. And I, I, I said, well, maybe, judging favorably, maybe something was wrong, maybe they were sick, maybe this or that. And he goes, no, it's matter of fact, my two other daughters saw their daughters and their daughters did the sort of the same thing. So who knows? 
All I can say is there's no excuse. And look, I've had my rude moments, but I can tell you one thing. None of us intentionally want to dishonor someone. And I can tell you, and I mentioned this the other day, when I was apparently not in a good way and I appeared to be very, uh, very rude to someone. And my wife pointed it out to me. And it broke my heart to such a level that I was sick all day long. I felt, I felt sick. I felt like I had violated and made the worst sin. And why? Because it really is. It really is to dishonor someone. And even though I went back to apologizing, the person acted like was not. I don't know. I don't even hardly remember that. I, I know better. And the point is, is that kind of thing to dishonor another human being should be the most, most heart wrenching thing that we could ever do, because we've all been dishonored, and it doesn't feel good at all. And so, as a Musar lesson for us today, may we all bring ourselves to a higher level to honor the lowliest to the highest, and to never seek honor for ourselves, to never run after honor, but to only seek to honor others above ourselves. And I can guarantee you, honor will be your mantra, especially from the Creator. When we take our last breath, the the Blessed One will honor us by His divine essence. And what a blessing that will be. That concludes the lesson on Musar.